Well, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us, as Cody already said. Um, typically here at Redemption, we preach through a book of the Bible at a time. And we're presently going through the Gospel of Mark. And today I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 40 through 45. We're finally coming to the end of the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And I'd like to read it for you this morning, and then we're going to get into unpacking and preaching the Word of God. So Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40 through 45, and here's what we read. And a leper came to him, that's Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Lord, this is your word. And I now pray, Lord, that you would open it to us, that we might receive it and be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. About roughly 30 years ago, a man that I greatly respected, he was a Christian, had been served in church for years, had been a youth leader for years, and after his children were, for the most part, grown, he, he was made aware of the situation of this family of young children, and particularly a little boy in a family who was growing up in a very, very abusive atmosphere. And I remember him telling me about this. And I got to meet the young boy. He was about five or six, six years old, maybe, at that time. And this young boy had never known compassion or what it was to live and be part of a loving family. All he had known was abuse at the hands of his father. And so this friend of mine and this mentor of mine took this little boy in with the possibility of down the road for adoption, which was, he was really hoping for. His, his heart just broke for this, this little boy. And this little boy, having grown up in that environment, um, of course, didn't know really what was good and, and often rebelled quite harshly. And this one particular time, he did something that was significant and quite extreme, which demanded discipline. And so this friend and mentor of mine was trying to consider, how do I help this young man understand the gospel? How do I get him to understand the error of his way when all he has known 
is abuse. And so he said to this little boy, and I actually, the reality is I actually forget the little boy's name. But let's just call him Johnny. Is that okay? I, I, just, I don't mean to offend any Johnnies in here, but, but he said, Johnny, what you did was very wrong, and it's sin in the eyes of God. And for this, you need to be disciplined. Now, remember, this is about 30 years ago or so. And so he undid his old leather belt, and he pulled it out. And I remember him telling me, he said, I could just see Johnny's face hardening. Because you can imagine what's coming into his mind. Abuse, right? So he looked at him and said, you need to be disciplined for what you've done. So he took that belt and he folded it over so it was double. And he looked at little Johnny. And not Johnny, but he himself put his hand on the table and he took the belt. And with all his might, he lashed out on his hands four times. And he said, I have carried the discipline that was yours because I love you. And he said, that hard little boy that he'd seen moments ago, all of a sudden, began to break down and cry. He had never experienced compassion. True story. And his intent was that through this, Johnny might come to see Jesus. I don't know where Johnny is nowadays. In fact, I've lost touch of my mentor. That was about 30 years ago. But we've been, we've been going through the gospel of Mark. And we've been looking at Jesus. And we've been looking at the authority that Jesus has. And we've seen how he's got authority over the spirit realm. We've seen how he has authority over the natural realm. But in the passage we're going to look at today, I want us to see that even though he is this great God with all authority... He's not harsh with his authority. In his authority, he is a compassionate king. And this story begins in this passage with a leper who is considered unclean. So it's the first thing I want to do now as we look into this passage. I want to look at him who was unclean. So looking at verse 40, here's what we read. And a leper came to him imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. So here's a story where I am convinced that the severity of this situation is completely lost on us. Therefore, I think it's worthy for us to stop and take the time to unpack this a little bit to understand the context here. You see, in those days, so this leper comes to Jesus. Um, when we think of leprosy, we need to understand that in their day, that that term leprosy was used for a wide range of skin conditions that were all treated in the same way because... True leprosy 
manifested itself first in the form of a skin condition. And so even if what you had, if you got a rash or whatever, even if it wasn't leprosy, you couldn't be sure. And so you were treated the same way. So that even if what you had wasn't leprosy, everyone else was safe. Because if it actually ended up being leprosy, it was highly contagious and it had no cure for it. And there was no other disease more feared in that day than the disease of leprosy. Because you see, leprosy resulted in the loss of sensation in your extremities. You lost the sense of touch. If you're married, wives, lean over and pinch your husband and see if he's awake. You'll feel it. And husbands, if you feel it, you don't have leprosy. But here's the thing. You can feel it. That sensation of touch is so important. Right? Along with this, you would lose the sense of pain. So the husbands wouldn't be able to feel the pinch from the wife, right? It wasn't there. You would lose all those sensations. What's more, it's also said in my research of this that you would also lose the sense of bodily temperature. So you couldn't tell whether you were hot or cold. And for many, they even lost the sense of smell. So really what happens is you just become completely numb to everything. You don't feel things anymore. You don't smell things anymore, right? You can't, it's all gone. And because of this, if you got any cuts or scrapes, they would quickly become infected and swell, and eventually that part would decay and fall off. You were literally dying as you were living. And it's said that, again in my research, that due to the decaying flesh of a leper, that you could smell him long before you could see him. You literally were the walking dead. And eventually it killed you. And this is why, for example, in Leviticus 13, God commanded through the Mosaic law that the person with leprosy was to wear torn clothes and cry out if he ever saw another person come near him, unclean, unclean, and to live alone out in the wilderness. So let me branch off of this. The leper was considered unclean and he had to cry out that he was unclean. And this is where it gets interesting because in Leviticus 5, uncleanness or having been declared unclean is spoken of in the same context as sin. And so whether you had sinned or had been declared unclean, the demands of the law regarding sacrifices were the exact same. And so you saw kind of this correlation between the two. And so even the Jewish people came to equate the state of being clean or pure with holiness. And so if you were unclean, you were unholy. 
And so leprosy carried with it the spiritual connotation or at least a depiction of sin or sinfulness. And if you had leprosy, the effects were far-reaching. If you ever touched another person, that person immediately was also then considered unclean and had to go through the same protocols. And so because of this, you would be treated with hostility. Nobody wanted you to come near out of fear that you would affect them with leprosy or uncleanness. You couldn't work because anything and everything you touched was considered unclean. You weren't permitted to enter the city or to associate with people. You were, in essence, cut off, not just from society, but listen, but from God because you were barred from entering the temple of God, which was the place where, where you came to worship God and where God's presence was manifested in those days. And so you were a living, breathing example of the sentence of condemnation. And when we look at this story here in Mark, Luke tells us the same story, but he informs us and tells us that this man was full of leprosy. And so in other words, it was the real deal, and he was feeling the full impact of it at this time. So when we look at this story, According to the Old Testament law, this man should never have come near Jesus or anyone else for that matter. What's more, he should have cried out, unclean, unclean, but he didn't. He knows he's the scourge of society. He knows he's doomed to die, but he disobeys the demands of the law in hopes that this one would be willing to cleanse him. So that he can come back from the land of the dead into the land of the living. And more importantly, back into the presence of God. And so he kneels before Jesus and he implores him. If you will, you can make me clean. Now I want you to notice here, he doesn't ask to be healed. He asks to be cleaned. To be cleansed, right? You see, it wasn't enough for him simply to be healed. Because simply being healed would not actually bring him back into society. It wouldn't give him the right to come back into the community of people. It wouldn't allow him the privilege of coming back into the temple of God. It was only by being declared clean that he would be welcomed back among the people of God and into the temple of God. In other words, into the presence of God. Begin to feel, do you begin to feel the weight of the situation? So when we think of this, leprosy is a very fitting description of the effects of sin, isn't it? Follow me on this. And, and, and I've, this has been my own experience. And I know it's been yours as well. I want you to take a moment and to think of a particular sin that you have struggled with in your life. 
Maybe the first time you committed that particular sin, right away afterwards you felt the sting of your conscience as guilt set in. But the more you indulge in that sin, the less your conscience bothered you until you became completely numb to your conscience. But here's the reality, here's the thing. Even though we may not feel the guilt of that sin that we're bound to and indulging in, the reality is it's destroying us. And in the end, it leads to death. And so, yes, it is a fair analogy to say that apart from the saving grace of Jesus Christ, we are all ravaged by the leprosy of sin And it's killing us. And so when we look at the story, here we have this man who's suffering. He's been cut off from the land of the living, from the people of God, and from God himself, as it were. And in desperation, he comes to Jesus believing that Jesus can cleanse him and restore his life. I hope that rings true for us. Even if we find ourselves bound to particular sins that keep you from coming to God, be like the leper and come to Jesus. Now, I want you to see something here. My next point, I want to point you, and this is what the story here is really about, The compassionate one. Verse 41. Now we're looking at Jesus. Moved with pity. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. See, here's what's interesting. We know that Jesus could have cleansed this leper from his leprosy simply by commanding it to leave his body. He didn't have to touch him. Remember back in verse 25, he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. He didn't touch the man. In the same case here, he could have done the same thing. Just commanded the leprosy to be gone and it would have disappeared, but he didn't. He's the Holy One of God, as was affirmed by the unclean spirit in verse 24. He is the one who is pure. He is sinless. He is undefiled. And he does the unthinkable in pity or in compassion. He stretches out his hand and he touches the leper. Can you imagine if his disciples were there with him? They'd be like, oh, don't do that, don't do that, right? But he's Jesus. He does. He stretches out and he touches this man. And by his authority, he said, I will be clean. Let that sink in for a moment. It probably had been a long time 
since anyone had touched this leper. Jesus could have simply said, be clean, and he would have been clean, but he didn't. He touched the unclean man. Because you see, Jesus himself cannot be defiled because he is the Holy One of God, meaning he is altogether separate and different. But he touched the man also because he is also the compassionate one. That day, that leper experienced true compassion. And Jesus reached out. And touched him. Do you realize that Jesus has the same compassion towards you to the same degree? Perhaps you're here and you've never bowed before Jesus as Lord and Savior because you think, what's the use? I've got all this baggage. I've got all this sin, right? I'll never be free from this sin. He wants nothing to do with me. I'm not good enough. Or let's use a different word. I'm unclean. Or maybe even perhaps you are a Christian, but you've kind of given up because you find that you keep struggling with the same sin over and over, and you keep giving in. And so, yeah, you might even be here this morning, and you've put on a happy face, but inwardly you're actually hiding, and you're feeling depressed, and you've kind of given up. But look at what Jesus did for this leper. Jesus could have said, hey, look, you're not following the Mosaic commandments here, stay away, yell unclean, unclean. But he didn't do that. He could have simply said be clean, but he didn't. He came and he touched the man in his uncleanness when he was full of leprosy. And he did that because he is the compassionate one. And listen, he knows your sin. He knows how messed up your life is. He knows how messed up I am. In fact, we used to say this, and our, one of our associate, or former associate pastors used to say this all the time. If you could see my life on this screen, you would never come back here again. That's not a great way to promote yourself. But it's true. One of our elders, I love this thing, says, we're all broken. We're all a mess. We are. But what keeps us coming back is there is one and he is the compassionate one. And he knows our mess. He knows how filthy and how dirty we are. But it doesn't keep him from reaching out and touching us. So be like the leper. Come to Jesus. He is the ultimate compassionate one. Come to him with all your baggage, with all your filth, with all your mess. You will find compassion. The story goes on 
And Jesus gives him several commands after he cleanses him. So I want to take, as a third point, I want to take a look at the commands that he gives this man, starting in verse 43. It says, And Jesus sternly charged him and said him, sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Having been cleansed, right, Jesus moves from pity to sternness. Well, that's a real change of affection, right? Well, it's not a change in affection, but there's a change of urgency that happens here. Jesus becomes stern with him now. He sends him away and with a stern voice commands him not to tell anyone. Well, just... Think about that for a moment. Think of what's just happened to you, and you're not supposed to tell anyone? That doesn't make sense in my mind. But Jesus tells them not to tell anyone, but it's no mystery why. The Bible actually lays out for us why that was. You see, the reason Jesus told them not to tell anyone, it's not because Jesus didn't want to heal any other people. But because Jesus' mission was time-sensitive. In fact, in verse 38, Jesus actually clarified and he said that he had come for the purpose of preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And he needed to get to the other towns in order to be able to proclaim the message. That, what was actually of first importance at this point was to proclaim the good news of God about the coming of the kingdom of God. And he was on a mission, and if you will, on a deadline to get to Jerusalem where he would die. And so Jesus, although he is the compassionate one, could not allow that timeline to be interfered with. Secondly, he moves on and he commands this former leper to obey the instructions of Moses or the law of Moses pertaining to cleansing. He says, go to the temple, show yourself to the priest as proof that you've been cleansed and offer the required sacrifices. And there's several reasons for this, why Jesus told him to do this. And I think uh, Dave Gutzik comments on this. I think he does a good job with this. He says this, Jesus did this first to honor the law of God. Right, So even though this man had broken the law, Jesus is now telling him to obey the law. So Jesus did this first to honor the law of God, but also as a testimony to the priest that an incurable, incurable disease had been cured. Since, listen, true lepers were never healed, these priests had never conducted this cleansing ceremony. And so when they would have to look up the procedure for this ceremony and had to carry it out for the first time, it would be a strong witness, listen, that the Messiah was among them. You see, everybody knew in that day that there was no cure for leprosy. Leprosy meant certain death. And if someone ended up being cured... From real, true, genuine leprosy, 
Everybody knew that it had to be an act of God, and it came at the hands of Jesus, therefore implying what? That he is indeed the Son of God. And whereas the priest only had the authority to pronounce the man clean, Jesus had the authority to actually make him clean. That's why Jesus says, don't tell anyone. But we know what happens. We read the story here. And so now I want to look at the cost of this man's actions. Look at verse 45. But he went out and he began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. You see, even though Jesus had sternly commanded him not to tell anyone, he talked freely about it. But let's, let's face it. If you had lived in isolation for years, apart from people, outside of society, right, didn't know what it was to get together with friends or family anymore, when you haven't been able to come to the temple of God and to worship God together with the people of God for years, when you have been doomed to die alone, and now you've been brought back from the dead, how can you not talk about it? I would, and you would too. I'm back from the dead. Back in the land of the living, no longer scorned by people, and back into the presence of God in his holy temple. Now here's the thing, as noteworthy as this is to be proclaimed, the fact still remained, he was disobedient to the command of Christ, and it came at a cost. Because of this man's disobedience, it is Jesus now who is no longer able to openly enter a town, and it is Jesus now who is relegated to the desolate places. We look at this and we think, oh, the irony. The story began with a leper forced to live in desolation not permitted to move freely among society. And by the end of it, they've switched places. In his compassion, Jesus cleansed this man. And right away, the man was disobedient, which now relegated Jesus to the desolate places. Now, we might read this, we might shake our heads and think, how awful, how awful. He should have been more considerate after what Jesus had done for him. You just had to go and screw things up right away, didn't you? Right? Oh, my. I wonder how many times that could be said of me, because I do that a lot. Maybe you've had the experience, Right? But here's the thing. Here's what I think we need to walk away with from this. 
We are the leper. We are the leper. First of all, our sin keeps us from God and the people of God. And in the end, it brings death. And how many times over, even though we've come to Christ in faith and he's forgiven us of our, forgiven us of our sins, we so often continue on in disobedience. We are this leper. But here's the thing. Jesus came and he traded places with us. It's what we call the gospel. And it's, and it's, and it's packaged in one verse in 2 Corinthians 5.21 where we read, For our sake he, God the Father, made him, that's Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. You see, this, is, this verse is what we refer to as the great exchange. We, in, in a sense, traded places. Jesus bore our leprosy, and he took our place so that we could be restored to the people of God. So that we could enter the kingdom of God and enter the presence of God, not under wrath, not under judgment, but under grace and compassion and mercy. And our disobedience came at a cost. He is the great compassionate one and he took our place so that we could be reconciled to God. And so let me encourage you today. Know this. It doesn't matter how great your sin. It doesn't matter how messy your life is. There is nothing. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself. Listen, I say that for a reason. You thought it would, I was going to say something different there. There's nothing you can do to clean it up. You don't have the authority or the ability. Try as you might. You will never overcome it on your own. You are doomed to die in your sins if you try to deal with it yourself. But there is the compassionate one. He has the authority over your sin and over your disobedience and all your mess and my mess. And if you come to him, he is compassionate and he will forgive you and he'll receive you unto himself. Listen, we're actually told in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our, our sins to God, that is, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and what? To cleanse us, there it is, from all unrighteousness. We were that leper. But Jesus is the great compassionate one who will cleanse us. Will you come to him today? Even if you are in Christ. Come back to him. 
Because he is the compassionate one. Father, I pray that we would be moved this morning to realize that regardless of how messed up our life is, it's not something we can fix on our own. We actually need you. We need you to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. We need to be cleansed from our unrighteousness so we can come back into the people of God and into your presence to be reconciled with you, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, this morning that we would have seen Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we would see the invitation to come to him. And in spite of all our mess, in spite of everything that we keep messing up, that we can still come to you. Because you are the one that has all authority that can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come to Jesus today and be cleansed. He will not turn you away. Your cleansing is only possible through Jesus who has authority over all things, even your sin. If anyone would like prayer after the service, myself and some of the elders will be up here and we'd love the opportunity to pray with you. May you find Jesus to truly be the compassionate one. Amen.